and welcome to the Parker J. Cole Show. I am your host, the Queen of Parker J. Thank you so much for joining me. Today we're going to be talking to my returning guest co-host and contributor today, Heather Hart. And that Heather's with me, usually we talk about Candidly Christian, but today we're going to talk about her COVID testimony. When she was going through COVID late last year, we were all kind of glued to the screens, praying for her, hoping for her. I will never forget when one of the young ladies who works behind the scenes of Candidly Christian put a note out there and said, please pray for Heather. We don't know what's going to happen. She said something to that effect. And I remember praying for her that night in my bedroom and just praying late at night. And I was like, Lord, she has children. She has a ministry. I said, I don't want it to be that story. I know that if it's your will, it can be that story, but I don't want it to be that story. I remember going to church the next day, going to our adult Bible class and asking them to pray for Heather. I remember going to my choir members that church and said, please pray for Heather. And they said, well, I don't know who Heather is, but the Lord knows who she is. And I remember praying, 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 because I did not want that to happen. It happened so much pain earlier that year, and I did not want Heather to be a part of that, that tapestry of pain, if you will. And the Lord heard the prayers of many. It wasn't just me praying for Heather. There were many people praying for Heather. And she is here to tell us her COVID testimony. And the only way to listen to a testimony is there is a verse that she used each time she told about her story. And I don't want to spoil it for you because as you listen to her testimony, I'm going to punctuate it with a couple of questions, but I really want Heather to tell her story. You're going to understand why I wanted to share this testimony with you. I think sometimes we allow certain things in life to overwhelm us. And when they are overwhelming, Instead of calling on the Lord, we call on someone else. Instead of hanging on to God, we call, you know, my girlfriend or my boyfriend or whoever. We call someone else other than the Lord. But Heather was in the place where the only person who she can hold on to, the only person who could help her was the Lord Jesus himself, and didn't he show up? So I cannot wait to have you, Heather, tell people about your testimony. But before that, I just want to give them a brief overview of who you are. So go ahead and tell us about yourself. Well, I am an author, a Christian author, a mother. I write Christian nonfiction, mainly for women. I like to write for point women to Jesus. No, they're not alone in their struggles because we all struggle with something. And before I got COVID, I actually had a chronic migraine for four years. And they found out I had a leak in my spinal cord that was leaking spinal fluid. And they literally just got it fixed when I came down with COVID a month later. So it was just one thing on top of another. That was the interesting thing there, Heather, was the fact that you are just, you have chronic migraines, and you talk about that. You've talked about that a lot. And one of the things that I love about Candidly Christian is that you refuse to sugarcoat it. You want to be candid about this walk with Christ. That doesn't mean that you have what I call emotional diarrhea. You're just transparent about sometimes, even walking with the Lord, you sometimes have doubts. You have shifts in faith. And what I mean by shifts in faith, not that you left the faith. But your face gets a little shaky. That's all. And you need to be open about it so someone can come along and pray for you. I know for a fact, for me, you know, we've always enjoyed talking to each other and just having a good time. But I know when you were having COVID, I know for sure, I said, Lord, I do not want to lose Heather as part of my ministry, as part of my sphere of influence. And I remember praying so hard for your family. And there were so many people who did that, too. 
and I could just hear you say, in life is hard, but God is good. And that's the refrain that you say all the time, but you actually experienced this for yourself. Not that you hadn't experienced it, but I guess, Lord, what, stretch your face some more to make sure that if you're going to do what I say, daughter, I want you to have a testimony. And your testimony is beautiful, frightening. It goes up and down in all sorts of ways. There's a lot of things happening in your testimony. So let's get right to it because I want our listeners to understand what it was having COVID for you. Now, just for our listeners, we're not going to go into some of the tangent conversations about COVID. We're just talking about COVID itself and that experience. You know how people go off the deep end, and that's not the point <laughs> of this particular conversation. We don't want to talk about vaccines. We don't want to talk about whatever. I don't want to talk about that. I don't want to focus on that because that wasn't important when, when you were going through this, Heather. That was not even on your mind. What was on your mind is Jesus helped me. That was on your mind. So let's start back from when you first started to notice you were having symptoms of COVID. Well, I started not feeling good and I thought it was a cold. So I wrote it out for several days and I finally went to the doctor and I was like, look, I've got a cold. Could you just give me something to help me get over the cold? And they said, sure. So they gave me some cold medicine and sent me home, an antibiotic and something else. And a couple of days later, I called back. I was like, look, I'm actually getting worse. Like, I can hardly breathe. And they're like, well, you just need to give the antibiotics time to work. And so I wrote it out for another probably 12 hours and maybe a little longer than that. But um, the next morning, I had my son take me to the emergency room because I literally, I could not breathe. And they're like, well, yes, you have, you have COVID. I was like, oh, well, that, that would explain the not breathing thing. So that's what it there, just that, that pain right there where you said, oh, you have COVID. And nowadays hearing that, well, especially last year in 2020 and 2021, hearing that you had COVID, it rocked your world. It's almost like, in a sense, the intensity of it, not the actual thing itself, but the intensity of it is like hearing you have cancer, you know. It's the intensity of that because so much, so many things are happening during that time. We all know about the political climate here. We know about all that stuff was happening. So when you hear you have COVID, what are some of your thoughts going through your mind? Honestly, originally, well, first of all, I was so sick. I didn't care. I was just like, does that mean you can fix it? <laughs> like, I mean, it was just like, so you'll make me better now, right? <laughs> and uh you know, I, I even told my son when he dropped me off, I was like, listen, just leave me here because, you know, he couldn't come in with me because of COVID. So um, I was like, just just leave me here. I might be done in an hour. I might be here for, you know, a couple of days. I was there for over a month. It was 31 days total. I never expected that. Even after they told me I had COVID, I never expected the severity of it. You know, even just going in there, I remember standing there waiting for, you know, check into the ER thinking, I'm going to faint before I get to the counter because there was somebody in front of me. <laughs> So, I mean, it was, by the time I actually found out I had COVID, I just didn't care. I was like, does that mean you can fix me? It meant they had to isolate me, so they had to move me to a different room and all this, that, and the other. And it was definitely an experience. I think one of the things that I remember the most vividly from going into the ER was when they moved me from the ER to my private room, they had to put a sheet over me so that I wouldn't be contagious to anybody else in the hospital. It's like a giant man. And I remember thinking, I feel like I have the plague. I just need a bell. <laughs> Right. Uncle, or, or you don't have somebody go up front of you, unclean, unclean. Right. Exactly. That's exactly what I was thinking. Well, here you are. You have this, this virus and you're by yourself. You can't be with your family. And then they put the sheet on you. So now you feel like, like you said, the plague. But you also feel like probably like 
dead man walking almost because the sheet, I think of every crime show I've ever seen where they have a white sheet over somebody. And I can almost sense just the terror that must have been going on through your mind then. I wasn't. Like I said, I was so sick that I was didn't really comprehend a whole lot at that point. I was just like, get me there so I can get better, you know, do something, maybe be able to breathe. It wasn't until later that I actually got really, I'm not sure I ever really got scared. And that was one of the things that bothered the nurses the most. They're like, you've got no fight in you. You're not fighting for your life. I was like, well, Jesus has got me. I'm good. Amen. Amen. And they're like, well, you know, you're going to be here for several days. I was like, no, I've got thousands of people praying for me. I'm going to be out of here in no time. Amen. And you did have, I know I was one of them. I knew I was one of them. And it was such an honor to pray for you that the Lord put me, put you in my heart at that time to pray for you, to know that he wanted one of his daughters to pray for Heather. And I think that is the community of prayer that I think the saints sometimes forget when we get caught up in so many other different things, the first thing we forget to do is forget to pray, as if that's our last form of defense when it's our first form of offense, if you will. And so one of the things that terrified me as you were detailing your COVID testimony and what was happening, you said the nurse told you to breathe. And this one, literally, I was crying when I finished reading about it on Facebook but go ahead and set the scene for our listeners because they need to know what it's like when you can't breathe. So I was in isolation in my room and I was the only one in there, but I was hooked up to all these different machines. You know, I had my oxygen on and I had this is one giant face mask that covers your nose and your mouth and you have to breathe through it. And it gave me horrible claustrophobia, um, but I had to wear it. And I had something on my chest that monitored my heart rate and my the oxygen sensor on my finger there's all these other different machines that I was hooked up to. And I remember there was this one night and like three different nurses come running in and, you know, they have to stop at the door and put on these giant medical suits to cover them from head to toe. And they come running in and they're like, Heather, I need you to breathe. Take several deep breaths right now. And I'm like, I can't. Like I had literally forgotten how to breathe at that point. I, I, I was tired because my lungs hurt. And I was just like, I don't, I don't know how to take a breath. And that sounds so silly, you know, when you're not there, but I was just like, my lungs don't work anymore. <laughs> and uh, she's like, no, if you don't breathe, you're going to die. Like, I need you to take deep breaths right now. And I don't know what my oxygen was at or anything like that. I don't know the statistics. I just know that she's like, breathe. She was screaming at me to breathe. And so I just prayed. I was like, God, I can't, I can't breathe. So I either need you to do it for me or just bring me home. Like in that moment, I was literally ready to die. And I was at peace with that. And I, that's a whole other story. But um, <laughs> then all of a sudden she goes, oh, that's great. You're doing wonderful. And I'm going, I didn't do anything. Like that was all Jesus. And that, that's the moment when I really realized that even though you know, I've been trusting God all along, I was just like, apparently God doesn't want me to die. I'm going to live through this. That was it for me. And even now I kind of choke up when I remember you said, I can't breathe. And you had went back what you just said. And I remember going, oh, my Lord, you're breathing for me. And it, it was like that poem that, that's very popular about footprints of Jesus. And I thought about breath of God, you know, and the breath that breathed into Adam and Adam became a living soul, you know, and it just, oh, my God, I can't tell you. It just hit me right in the center of my chest. And I said, that's when I said, whenever Heather feels better, she is going to come onto the show. I am not going to take no for an answer. I don't care if she's mad at me. She's going to come up to the show. 
and she is going to share her testimony. Not that you will ever be mad at me. If you were, you'd probably go, Parker, I'm mad at you. And I would go, what did I do? I'm so sorry. What is it? What did I do? But it was the fact that you said, I can't breathe. And when you said that, you said, Jesus, you are going to have to do it or take me home. It was that utter dependency that literally my next breath belongs to you. And he breathed for you. Oh, and that just, oh, if you can feel a listener, you could just feel just the testimony, the power of what Heather is saying. I hope you use that as encouragement in your life right this moment. When you feel as if you can't breathe, the Lord can inhale for you. And for Heather, it was a literal thing. But for us, it may be more figurative. It may actually be, hey, I need you to breathe for me, Jesus, because it's up to you if I live the next moment. A author recently contacted me, Heather, and he said, the doctors say I am 90 seconds from eternity. And he was using that hyperbole, you know. And I thought about that. I said, in a way, we all are. <laughs> We're 90 seconds from eternity. The Bible says there's just a one step between me and death, just, just like that. And for you, Heather, you said you were so sick, you didn't have really time to worry about these things. Time to worry about, is my heart right? Is, am I ready to go? It was, I'm sick. Lord, you are the only one here. And it was also reminiscent of just a lot of things that a lot of other people have gone through. So one of the other things that happened to you after you began to breathe, you had an interesting event happen that involved you and the nurse. Could you go ahead and tell us a little bit about that? I'm assuming you're talking about the nurse that made me wear that nasty mask that gave me claustrophobia. <laughs> and uh, so she was telling me that I needed to wear the mask because it helped me to breathe better and it gave my lungs a rest. But it actually hurt my lungs and it gave me claustrophobia. And I was like, I don't want to wear the mask. And they're like, well, if, you're, if your oxygen stats drop below, I think it was 90%, you're going to have to put the mask on. And so I prayed, I was like, well, God, if you could breathe for me when I couldn't breathe at all, maybe you could just keep my oxygen stats up to, to 90%. Could you do that for me? And uh, I heard in my spirit that, um, not, not heard necessarily, but sensed in my spirit, 92. And I was like, 92, okay. I don't know what that means, but, uh, you know, just above 90 would be great, God. <laughs> and the nurse came in and she checked my oxygen and it was at 92. And there's more of this type of thing that happened during your testimony, things that you couldn't explain per se, like it wasn't right there in your face, you couldn't explain or anything. But there was so much going on during this time. One of the things you mentioned, too, was the separation from your family and not being with your hubs and your kids. How was it for them watching you go through this process? Uh, they were terrified. You know, all that anxiety that I didn't have, all the you know, oh, I have COVID, so I'm scared. I didn't have that, but they did. Uh, you know, my husband, was just, he'd asked everyone he saw to pray for me. Um, I, my daughters were in tears a lot of the time. They came up to the hospital, and you know, I couldn't have visitors, but they could stand outside the window to my room and look in. So they did that several times. And when they were finally, when I finally got out of the isolation, and they were allowed in, they were there every chance they got. You know, you said that your daughters were there every chance they got. How did that affect the family unit when they see the Lord bring you out of something that was that terrifying? Um, I know for my daughter, it actually gave her, for one of my daughters, it actually gave her a lot of anxiety because even though, you know, they've been raised in the church and they know that it's Jesus, they don't really grasp what that means. You know, they're just in middle school. 
so she has a lot of anxiety. When I came home from the hospital on oxygen, she was like afraid to come near me because she didn't want to break me. And looking back, she's, she's still just, she has really a hard time understanding why God would let a faithful Christian go through that. But it's an opportunity of growth. It's an opportunity for faith. And that sometimes Christians are going to be going through difficult things. That's why I've always been very critical of that health, wealth, and prosperity nonsense saying that, oh, you're only supposed to have good in life. You're only supposed to be healthy and wealthy. And that's all life is about. And the Lord said, like you say all the time, life is hard, but God is good. And he said, in this life, you will have trouble, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. So one of the verses that you constantly have throughout your testimony was Psalms 118.17. And it says, I shall not die, but live and declare the works of the Lord. And if this whole process of you going through COVID isn't a declaration of what the Lord has done for you, I don't know what is. Yeah, I know that that was one of the verses. I actually, I'd highlighted it for something years ago. I did, I like that verse. I, I clung to the recounting the deeds of the Lord part, that that's what I, I should be doing is sharing Jesus. And But after, you know, that experience where God breathed for me, I was like, well, apparently I'm not going to die, so I'm going to live, and I'm going to tell people about it. <laughs> so that was just like my theme verse for the entire time I was in the hospital and after I got out. I remember that you were trying to work and someone said, if you pick up a pen or something like that, they were like, you are not going to work because you are getting better. You're feeling better. And I remember thinking, Heather, I know you want to go back to doing what you were doing, but dang it, you just had COVID, right? <laughs> like, you've been in the hospital for a minute, sweetheart. Lay down, calm down. Was it hard to learn how to heal and allow your body to heal? Because you're so used to doing and moving around and being active. Would you say... During the healing process, the Lord can still use you as you heal from that. Absolutely. I know that you know, I, I shared a lot of my testimony on Facebook, and I know that he used a lot of that in a lot of different people. And I had a lot of people different talk to me about it, and I know that I did. I had to learn to step back and let myself heal, which also gave me a great opportunity to learn to rest, which is something that I've always struggled with. It's just, you know, that whole be still and know that I am God. You know, having COVID really taught me how to be still. And I did. I came home from the hospital. And I was still learning how to walk again. And I remember trying to, I launched three books that the next couple of months. <laughs> and then I was like, you know what? You're right. I'm done. I need to, now that I've got those projects that I had on my to-do list done, I do need to sit down and just let my body heal the rest of the way. And it's it's been a long several months since then, but like I've got that resting in there and during the time that I've been resting and you know, I've got my story out there so people can read it. I'm definitely still reaching people, even though I'm not active or I haven't actively been pursuing that everyday grind of sharing Jesus. Where can people read your entire testimony? Because I just wanted to really focus on really key points that I remember reading when you were sharing this. But if they want to get the whole kit and caboodle, where can they get it from? Everything I have written right now is on Facebook. If you go to Facebook and you search hashtag Heather's COVID, the whole thing comes up. And it comes up, which lets you know just how good of a writer Heather is, because every day I was looking for the next installment. It was literally a serial, but it wasn't a fictional serial. It was a serial of a woman's testimony about her battle with COVID. And it was a battle. And all I remember is that at the end of everyone, she said, I shall not die, but live and declare the works of the Lord. And I was just like, well, Lord, thank you. But I remember 
just be happy you were okay, Heather, you know. And I started to think about how you have partners in ministry, partners who are there for you. And sometimes maybe take it for granted because you've always been such a help to me and you've always been willing to help me even when you've had other things to do. You know, we want to get Candidly Christian TV up eventually. <laughs> it's going to happen. It's going to happen, you know. But even during that, I was like, well, I don't want nothing to happen to her. I remember praying her. I said, I don't want anything to happen to her. And it let me know that she matters more to me than I thought she did. And that made me feel like she really is my sister in Christ. And when that happened, I remember crying, like, I don't want anything to happen to her. And that actually helped cement my whole relationship with you as just ministry partners and, and working together, authors working, you know, how you doing, check on you, all that kind of stuff. And I was like, wow, Lord, you heard my prayer and the prayer of thousands because there were so many praying for you. And so I'm glad that I had this opportunity to host your testimony on this show. And I am praying that whoever needs to hear your testimony is not only blessed, but helped. And they can hear that when I can't breathe, Jesus will breathe for me. All I have to do is ask. And then they'll be saying, Psalms 118, 17, I shall not die, but live and declare the works of the Lord. Heather, in the few moments we have left, what I want to do is give you an opportunity to pray. Pray for those who need to breathe. Pray for those who need answers. Pray for those who may be dealing with the after effects of COVID for a very long time. Pray for those whose families have been shaken by a COVID diagnosis. Pray for those who may have even, unlike yourself, had someone pass away from it. And they don't understand, why did you let Heather live but not mine? Pray for those today. And I'm going to mute myself. Father God, thank you so much for being the breath of life, Lord, for being there for us no matter what we are going through, whether we're dealing with COVID or another illness or just life in general, Lord, because life is hard, but you are good. No matter what we face, you are always there with us, holding our hand, and you are able to breathe for us when we can't do it ourselves, whether that's an act, taking an actual breath or struggling to get through the next moment or wondering what tomorrow is going to bring. You already know, Lord, and we can trust in you. We can trust you that no matter what your will is, whether you give us that next breath or you don't, that we belong to you, Lord. We belong with you because of Jesus. And I am so, so grateful for that. And I pray for all the people who are currently going through COVID, Lord, that you would heal their bodies and mend their families, Lord, no matter what the result is. And I ask that, that you would just comfort those who need comforting and strengthen those who need strengthening. And Lord, we just thank you for being you. Thank you for sending Jesus to die for us so that we can know you, so that we can know you so intimately that we can ask you to do things like breathe for us and help us with the next moment. It is in your precious and holy name we pray. Amen. Heather, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for coming onto the show today. Thank you for sharing your ministry with us. Thank you for being just a wonderful sister in Christ. And I cannot wait to have you back and have you back real soon. Thanks, Parker. It's my honor to be here. And we were talking today to Heather Hart. Today she shared with us her testimony about having and surviving COVID. But there's more to Heather than just that. She is the beginning. She is the leader of the movement, Candidly Christian, which is about stories to women about being candid about this thing called the Christian life. If you want to know more information about it, simply go to candidlychristian.com. 
and can find out what that ministry is about. There's all sorts of blogs and articles and resources for you to read and get a hold of. What I love about Heather is that she is very honest about her feelings. She's transparent, but she also does it with sensitivity, with respect to others, and she truly, truly loves the Lord. And I'm so thankful the Lord heard my prayer as well as the thousands of others who prayed for her. Thank you for joining me for this edition of the Parker J. Cole Show. You have a wonderful, absolutely glorious, blessed day, and God bless.